Hey. Hi. How's it going? My name is Tori Rubers, and if you are not familiar with me, then uh, what the hell, man? Where you been? I'm totally kidding, but I am a radio host in Windsor, Ontario, and now I am the proud host of my own individual podcast. It is entitled, It's Not That Weird. You're single. Yeah. Why is that? You're adorable. (laughs) You're entertaining, for sure. You can also be a bitch. (laughs) I was actually really hoping to make Jake cry. Tell uh, me about your dead father. <laughs> oh, this is all I could have ever dreamed of. And yeah, I'm not judging. It's I'm gross. just saying. It's weird. They didn't traumatize you? You don't talk about they that? They definitely did. <laughs> <laughs> you can't ask me that. <laughs> it's not that weird. Anybody who knows me knows that I have talked about uh, wanting to start a podcast for a long time. And it wasn't until I started working in radio about two years ago that uh, it became a very real possibility, have a lot of encouragement and, of course, more tools now. But being a radio host, as awesome as it is, it does have its constraints in terms of, like, you know, format, time. Can't swear, can't talk about certain subjects. It's just kind of, you know, rules of public radio, which, you know, understandable and totally cool. But I definitely have more to say. And, you know, on Mixed Mornings, I have a co-host and uh, he's got a big mouth and he likes to take up a lot of time. (laughs) I'm totally kidding. But this is going to be just like straight up Tory time. But also the objective of this podcast is actually going to be uh, very interview based. I would like to showcase the kind of conversations that I feel like I'm having with people, very interesting people, people who, you know, might even be considered not interesting or ordinary, but turns out they have these really interesting inputs and insights and lives that they just don't get asked about enough. So that's what I'm here to do. And I got to tell you, I don't think I could have picked a more perfect first guest because this guy, who people know him. Of course they know him. He has been in radio for about as long as I've been alive. (laughs) A lot of people know his name, but I think that people really don't know what's underneath the voice and the surface, which is a cliche thing to say, but he's got a super interesting life, a very progressive take on a lot of different subjects, which obviously I love. And you'll learn that he's got some Uh, self-doubt and some hesitations about admitting that he's like a great radio host or that he's even an interesting person. He's been in radio for over 20 years. He's a husband. He's a father. He's a living legend. And he's going to hate that I said that. But please help me welcome my very first guest, Jay Marcillo. interviewed before I don't yeah? think I'm trying to think when's the last time I would have been interviewed by anybody for anything like, and you've never been on a podcast I'm guessing never been on a podcast all right my first time I'm surprised I'm surprised nobody locally has reached out to you to nobody see cares you be on it. nobody cares oh, about come me on. nobody cares it's like Stop. oh old, old Jay he's been on the air in Windsor for for a decade uh nobody cares <laughs> come on well that's actually kind of the whole point of this and uh I feel like constantly I'm having these conversations with people that are a little bit 
below the surface and a little bit deeper and getting to know people who think that they're just like boring, interesting people and there's nothing that cool about them. And then it turns <laughs> out that they have these like really cool lives. It's ordinary people on ordinary people. Let's talk about the cool. hardy stuff. The meat and potatoes is white people. Like <laughs> 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 I hate that saying, but yeah. The meat and potatoes. The meat and All potatoes right. of it. So I'm, I'm so excited because I think a lot of people too will be excited to hear more about you because obviously we talk every day and you've been doing this for what, 20 years? I've been doing, I've been in Windsor for 11 uh-huh. and I worked in Saskatchewan for three Felt like 11. <laughs> radio pass slow yeah, there Fun tip. Don't move to Saskatchewan. <laughs> uh, and I worked in a little northern town in Manitoba called Dauphin, Manitoba, home of Dauphin's Country Fest and home of Canada's <laughs> National Ukrainian Festival. Where'd you look at that? Yeah, very big deal. Like summer's popping in Dauphin, summer's jumping. So I worked, <laughs> that's where I started at an AM country radio station. And uh, yeah, so almost, yeah, geez, almost 20 years. Wow. Almost 20 years. Yeah. And mm. Windsor... You, it sounds like you like it more? I do. <laughs> Slight pause. I do. No, I miss Winnipeg, which is yeah. where I grew up. But yeah. there's lots I don't miss about it, too. Like, I love in Windsor that you can get from one side of the city to the other side in, like, 15 minutes. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, if, if there's a friend who lives in Forest Glade, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, it's so far. It's like 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. in Winnipeg, it takes you an hour to get from one side of the city to the other. So yeah. I don't miss that. Um, and the weather's nice, man. The weather's yeah. pretty good here. Yeah, that's what I hear. I have a friend who's from Regina, and she moved here just within the past year. And she said the only reason she moved was because of the weather. She couldn't handle the cold weather. She lived there for the first, like, 25 years of her life. Yeah. And she was just like, no, I got sick of it and said I deserve to live somewhere where I can have both and, and feel a little bit more comfortable. I do have a sister who uh, I think lived in Saskatoon. I don't remember. We went to go visit her one time. And it's just so shocking the way it's, like, one cluster of houses and then nothing for yes. like an hour. Yep. And it's like, that's not a town. What is that? <laughs> that, that's like a, I don't even know what that, that's called. But hmm. um, okay, so growing up in, what did you say it was called again? Winnipeg. No, not Winnipeg. You said <laughs> the, the town you're from. The little I'm, town, the country I, oh, fest. I'm from Winnipeg, but I, I my first radio job oh, was in right, Dauphin. Right, right. And it's a town Dauphin. of like 8,000 people maybe. Right. Like it's, it's it, I would say it is... Not even Essex sized. Like okay. it's not. It's not even you because you grew up in Essex. I grew up in Essex. Smaller yeah. town. So uh, in Dauphin, yeah, it's like Country Fest. It's Ukrainian Festival. Mm-hmm. It's the little radio station. <laughs> it's they had two bars there: the Bully and Thunders. <laughs> I think Thunders closed down because if I remember correctly, the mayor of Dauphin shortly after I left, I think he was accused of killing his wife. <gasps> And there was a whole what? big, yeah, like I, I, I worked there for three and a half years. Nothing happened. That would have been nothing. quality radio content. I know. <laughs> and I leave town and there's, there's this whole big thing, a murder mystery with this guy's wife. And, and, and did it happen? Did it not happen? But yeah, that again, this was 15 years ago. Yeah. And it was just, it was the most interesting thing that happened in the town after I left it. And gotcha. um, yeah, that was that was my dolphin days. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Your dolphin days. So you grew up in Winnipeg, as you said. Obviously, a well, it is a big city, is it not? It's, yeah. it's a big city. Yes, yeah, uh, it's I don't know what it is now. Seven hundred thousand people. It's That's probably a lot of two people. or three times as big as uh, Windsor, probably. There you Maybe. go. That's huge. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what was that like? Were you like a city kid? Where did you grow up? What was your like living situation as a kid? Yeah, I was. A city kid. I wasn't like don't. I wasn't like inner city. You know, walking through you know graffiti infested uh, Glass, alleyways to get gangs. to work, tripping over yeah uh, syringes and yeah. Like we we lived in a nice little neighborhood, a nice uh-huh. little house, sort of on the edge of the city. And uh, yeah, I grew up you know playing soccer mm-hmm. and uh, playing football mm-hmm. and. Uh, 
doing a little bit of skateboard, just regular kid <laughs> stuff. It was like a like a Leave It to Beaver kind of a thing. Just a little little kid growing up with his little family, and uh, yeah. I had I had no complaints of my childhood really. It was just a fun, happy, happy time for the most part. Well, that's great. And you have only sisters, correct? I have two sisters. Yeah, two sisters. And where do you fall within that? I'm the middle. The my, middle. My oldest is four years older than me, mm-hmm. and uh, my youngest is, is one year younger than me. Gotcha. Mm. All right. Now I know this. I know you've said this many times, but you grew up without a dad essentially like without your father in your life this is true was it a situation of just left when you were born or wow left? you're getting getting deep on this i like i mean we going... don't have we definitely don't have to oh no not, I, but Tori, i feel like i am an open book man. i know you're an open book and that's what i want people to know about you Jamie. yeah no i'll tell i'll <laughs> tell you the, the reader's digest version of uh my parents got married they mm-hmm. had a bunch of kids when i was about nine my my dad committed some type of heinous crimes i will not go into okay but my parents divorced i never saw him again mm-hmm and that's basically the story. It's it's almost like I thought about this before. Like I know people who have had parents die yeah. when they're young, yeah. and it's really tragic. And that's my big concern is I want to try to, you know, live to see my kids through their adolescence. It's you know very what nice I mean? of you to want to stay alive. For I want to stay kids. alive for my kids because when I was a kid, my parents it was an immediate like divorce, yeah. gone, and my dad just like disappeared out of my life. Uh, yeah. And it was in my mind, I was like growing up as a teen. One of the harder things was. Well, my dad is still out there somewhere. Yeah. You know, is he going to rehabilitate himself? Am I going to ever see him again? And so I went through that limbo for for a number of years of sort of being, you know, it's like you mourn for somebody, but mm-hmm. they're still alive. It's a weird thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then it was a while until I had to just accept uh, my life as a person who just doesn't have a dad. And yeah. now it's not ever a question of if my kids ever ask about it, I'm going to be as honest as I and forthright as I can about it and just yeah. say, Look, you've got a great grandpa on this side of your family. Mm-hmm. On this side of your family, you got your Grammy, mm-hmm. who is the strongest person I've ever met. That's my mom. Mm-hmm. She's Grammy now. Because <laughs> when I was a kid, I had a Grammy. Yeah. So then my mom has now become Grammy. Mm-hmm. Not and, Nana, uh, Grammy. Not Nana, she's oh, gotcha. Grammy. So, gotcha. uh, so yeah, Grammy does the work of Grammy and Grandpa on her side of the family. There you go. And, uh, and raised me from when I was nine up all by herself. Wow. Did such a phenomenal job of it. And you know what? I think that there's something <laughs> about... Well, of course you have to say that. But I yeah. think there's also something about... When you meet a man or a guy or whomever who was raised predominantly by their mother, not that, you know, but who didn't have a father figure around, Mm. you can kind of, I want to say sense it because there's a sense of like progressiveness about him. Like growing up with female influences predominantly, it really does kind of, you can, you can see it in people. I uh, would totally agree. Yeah. I mean, it's a great thing. It's well, sure. When I grow up, um, you know, whether it's with girlfriends or friends of mine or like like, you're the, what, fifth or sixth co-host I've been able to to, to hang out with, uh, with, with in this respect. And it's, it's easier for me to, to raise my daughters. I feel like, um, having been raised by a single mom and I mean, growing up like, yes, I have an appreciation for the bachelor and sex in the city (laughs) and (laughs) things that maybe sure. I can't change my own oil. You know, that's one thing I'm resentful about not growing up with a dad. I was never taught how to do things. And now I'm, I'm a useless carpenter. You know, I can't be a mechanic. I can't do the things that that dad might've taught you how to do. But at the same time, I'm a more caring and empathetic person. Thanks to Thanks to my mom. Yeah, mm. definitely. So before your dad was uh, removed, cut out, whatever the situation was, were you close to him or was he always just kind of like a figure that I was remember, there? See, one reason I love football, I think I my few memories of my dad were I remember throwing a football with him mm-hmm. in, in the yard 
And I remember going to the dump with him when we would go and take like old, you know, the Come garbage on, and the dump, you know, take all the dump and then coming home with like a TV or something oh. that he would try to fix. So, so I have like, like good scattered little memories. But yeah. um, other than that, it's uh, I'm just accepting that I just don't have a dad and that yeah. I am the dad. Like when, when I grew up without Father's Day, I never, yeah. I don't ever, I never know what the date of Father's Day is. Yeah. I never even thought about what month it's in because I would ignore it. Yeah. Uh, but now I grow up and I've had four is it five now? Because she was pregnant. Four and a half Father's Days, <laughs> and uh, and 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 now I am striving every day to be uh, a better dad than I was afforded, and that's kind of uh, how that worked out. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I think a lot of people say, obviously, this wasn't your situation, but when you hit rock bottom and you don't have anything or you don't have a father, you can only go up from there. So you can only learn and become better. And mm. obviously, I'm very philosophical. Thank you. You um. sure are. You sure are. <laughs> Everybody, that's the that's nice thing, yeah. too, is not feeling alone in the situation yeah. where you you grow up and your parents get divorced and some kids think it is, oh, man, now I'm going to have to wear this stigma with, you know, yeah. people are going to know and everything. But now you look around and... People are on their second and third marriages. Yeah. People have stepsisters and stepbrothers yeah. and half brothers and half sisters. Definitely. And um, you look at the family that you've you that has grown around you mm-hmm. that wouldn't have happened otherwise. Absolutely, you're so right. And my parents obviously got divorced too when I was about four, and I was of the same mindset where it wasn't. I mean, I was four again, so what did I know? But it wasn't the end of the world to me. Like mm. it wasn't like. Oh, now my world's over. I know for my sisters, they took it really hard. They're like, our family's broken up and we're never going to see this and that and everything's going to change and Christmas and holidays. Where for me, I was kind of like, I don't know what any of this means. A, B, two Christmases sounds freaking great. Oh, well, sure. You, you're I'll a kid, take you, it. You can see the silver linings and kids are so resilient. It's so, uh, yeah. I always picture that, you know, the when my daughters cry about something, I, my heart breaks and they're so down. But then a second later, they're back to normal again. Yeah. And it's like you think of the hard stuff kids go through yeah. and you see these photos of kids getting separated at the border. Oh, and yeah. People in Afghanistan going mm-hmm. with what they're going through and your heart breaks for what they go through. Yeah. And you think, oh, my parents got divorced. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You yeah. know, I, I still have a house to live in. In right? retrospect, yeah, it's definitely different. And um, I also am a big advocate now and I think it's because I don't want to say my parents divorced successfully because I don't know if there's a successful <laughs> divorce there was drama they still have some kind of bitterness towards each other which is not a secret it's honestly kind of funny but <laughs> it's funny because everybody loves my mom everybody thinks my mom is this sweet charismatic fun lady and everybody yeah, loves okay. my oh come on <laughs> everybody <laughs> loves my dad because he's very he can get along with anybody he's hilarious he's a truck driver he's got many experiences but they don't like each other, which is just hilarious. But anyway, I, I because my parents and, and I feel like it made sense that they got divorced and I grew up knowing that, I think that when I see people who are in like totally loveless situations with their spouse, but they won't divorce or they won't figure out alternative situations because of their kids. Yeah. Exactly what you said. Kids are way more resilient than anybody seems to give them credit for. And they'll be fine. Like they will be fine. Sometimes they even thrive because they're 99% of the time they thrive because they're no longer in these tents, all this fighting and all this obvious. You ever been around a couple and you can tell like they actively dislike each yep. other like yep. it's not just that they're like tolerating each other like yep. that they actively <laughs> yeah. are like plotting ways to sabotage each other yeah. i have a friend in a relationship like that where it's just like i i picture him pulling the chair out from under her when she sits down <laughs> like that's to the point it's gotten at Daddy. and if that's how it is with around the family yeah maybe maybe sometimes yeah. separating at least for a while might be a better yeah. idea yeah i mean i don't think everybody should get divorced if there's a hard time definitely work through it but there's just a lot of situations where I was, especially as a kid growing up with other people's families, seeing just un- how unhappy people can be and how tormented my friends were about it. Mm. And 
But like to them, it, they would actually say like, I wish my parents would just get a divorce, but they can't say that. And, and the kids, their parents are never going to say to them, we want to get a divorce because there's this for some reason blockage. But anyway, I'm no child psychologist. So <laughs> what do I know <laughs> other than my own um, Oh, it's stuff. all good. It's all um, good. So you are the father of two girls. I am the father of two girls, two perfect girls. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're like paid to say that <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> I can't not say it, I <laughs> exactly. guess. But like I... um. I probably annoy everybody, again, anybody who's listening to this right now who would listen to our show, I guess. Um, my kids come up from time to time. I, yeah. I'm not like jamming them down your throat. I don't like I don't oh, even no. po- I don't even post any videos of them, right? Yeah. Like I don't put my pi- one thing I don't do is put my kids on social media yeah. because Do you do that on purpose? Yes. Yeah. A- absolutely. And it's not just because I'm like a public figure or, or anything. Sure. Even if just in regular life, I I feel uncomfortable doing it. Mm-hmm. I don't like, you know, people who and if they do that's great, but like if your your kid has their own Social media footprint. Um, yeah, before they're even. Before they're of a certain age. It can, yeah. be, it can be a little bit much for them to handle because yeah. then all of a sudden you worry about not only creepos checking out your kids and mm-hmm. stuff, which I worry about, but you also worry about how their friends are influencing things that they're doing. Like if, 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 your, if your kid is five years old and they're on social media and they post a picture of their dog and somebody says, that dog's ugly. And then all of a sudden the kid thinks, oh, I guess that dog's ugly. Yeah. And like, let them think for themselves yeah. before they get into the group think, yeah. you know, of, of social media. But, for sure. Um, You're right about that. I got to say, I had a class, I think I was in college or no, no, I think I was in high school. It was like in an anthropology class or something. Anthropology is a class, right? It is. I keep thinking it's just a brand. <laughs> which is so wrong it's so wrong i just i don't know there's so many other words like psychology and whatever so, so anthropology you, you signed just, up for the anthropology class at an uw anthropology, and yeah. you like you thought it was all about nice sweaters and uh <laughs> it was a fashion class yeah. <laughs> no i was in high school i remember this and i had an anthro class yeah we used to call it anthro because we were cool and um we actually talked about why some parents actively don't put their kids on social media and it actually came back to this whole conversation about like consent and your child is not old enough to say I would like to be on social media go ahead Mm. and post me some kids do like my niece is such a little attention sponge that she's like yeah share this video of me pretending to model and that's just her personality but I think of like all the really shy kids I know and stuff and how they don't want this was the example actually used in class they don't want all of their mom's Facebook friends to know that they're officially potty trained like that kind of stuff exactly yeah yeah. like some things can be just for you guys Mm -hmm. you know I take videos of my kids every day and I send them on Snapchat to like my mom Mm -hmm. my my aunt or Mm -hmm. whoever like would like to see them but I don't put them up on Instagram for John from Harrow to see them. Yeah, no yeah. offense, John from Harrow. <laughs> Great guy. Um, stop looking at my kids on Instagram. Though. I don't I don't feel like that's something I want to put out there. Yeah, um, yeah. Not out of like paranoia or fear, but, you know, partly out of paranoia and fear. Yeah. And I partly know, I just out that. of uh, I want them to stay away from that as much as they can. My Alex has already discovered now that that phones can have mm. games on them. Mm. And so now that it's it's like, OK, hi, Dad. How's it going? Can I have your phone? <laughs> You're four. No, you can't have my phone. Give me a hug first. Yeah, you have to love me. Yeah. Um, so you have these two daughters. And, and I I mean, they're beautiful little things, too. I, I don't believe they're yours. And I've said this many times. I'm a part of that club. They're too cute. Well, they're you know what? Maybe I'm one of the mine. weirdos who stares at your kids too much because the few pictures I have seen of them, I'm like, does it look more like Jay? Do they look more like Jess? Like, what? how is this kid this beautiful? No, yeah. I'm, I'm totally kidding. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're both mine. And I'm, I'm 100% that, they're, that Jess on. is the mother. I was there present for both did i ever tell you i don't want to share too much information here but my wife who is a champ um had both of our kids at our house mm-hmm. one of them in our bed one of them in the bathroom oh, like in the wow. in the bathtub yeah she did the whole home birth 
no drugs, just yeah. push them out of me kind of thing. Yeah. And shockingly for me, it worked out perfectly well. I I didn't screw anything up. You my, didn't screw anything my, up. Did you have a very active? I role had a very not active role, okay. but um. It's kind of all a blur for any guys who have gone through the, the childbirth thing. It's kind of a blur, but mm-hmm. um, I forget where I was going with this. I was going to just shout out my wife for being a superhero. <laughs> um, and when we were naming our kids, mm-hmm. my daughter's name is Alex James. Mm-hmm. And uh, my other daughter's name is Riley Jane, but mo- mostly unisex names, yeah. right? And because we kind of, <laughs> we had the idea of we're going to raise them and it's not all going to be pink. Yeah. You know, we're going to put some brown stuff. And we don't need the gender shirts. stereotypes. Exactly. The, they've got yeah. trucks. They've got dinosaurs. Yeah. And we were kind of doing this little mini social experiment to be like, are <laughs> they going to grow up to be tomboys, regular yeah. down the middle of the road or whatever? By the time Alex was two, it was pink, 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 uh-huh. pink, princesses, rainbows, <laughs> unicorns, <laughs> fairies, uh, mermaids. Yeah. It was just, it's like instinctive inside. It's the girliest stuff ever. <laughs> and it's just, I can't suppress it. I'm not yeah. trying to, yeah. but it was just like, okay, this this clearly is the way she's going to go. Mm-hmm. And it's all about, yeah, the princesses, the yeah. frozen, the Cinderella's. <laughs> she likes dinosaurs and trucks and there football, go, but yeah. she's um she's a girly girl, man, yeah. all the way. I think but Riley's at least following. you gave her the... I guess, like, freedom in the environment where she could kind of figure that out herself and, and see, like, oh, I gravitate more towards the dolls than I do the trucks. But that was her yeah. own thing. You didn't just buy her all this pink and stuff it. and say, this is what you're getting. We, exactly. You have She has a blue shirt. She has a pink shirt. Yeah. She'll pick the pink one herself every mm-hmm. time, but we still put the blue one out there. <laughs> I like that you're calling this uh, parenting style a social experiment. Well, that's all parenting is. It's always <laughs> a so, what Will they eat this green bean if I make it like a happy face? <laughs> you know? That's what it is, really. Definitely. No, I love that. And, and I... I you know, I've known you for, I mean, a few years now, but obviously more closely in the past two years since getting this job. I've asked you about this before, but this is so fascinating to me. You had your kids later in your life. Yeah, because um, I'm I'm 42 now. So, yeah, I had Alex. I was 37, I guess, mm-hmm. when we had our first. And Which is our... later in life for a lot of people. For, yeah, I mean. You're practically look, geriatric. hey, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, <laughs> okay, um, Picasso, okay. uh, Houdini, I think. No, not Houdini. He died young. The fact that he has a running list of yeah, guys who had like, kids when they were older. Didn't Charlie Chaplin have kids when he was like 80 or something? Anyway, well, that was probably an accident. Point, point, being, <laughs> point being, my kids were intentional and intentionally waited until a little bit later yeah. oh, well jess is younger she's she's like nine years younger than me mm-hmm. um Cougar. so she's yeah i know i know trust <laughs> me that's a whole nother we could do a whole other podcast about how when i met jess in yorkton saskatchewan she was 20 mm-hmm. i was 29 mm-hmm. and the struggles i had to go through internally to decide is it creepy for me to date her <laughs> is it creepy for me to date her she's yeah. 20 i'm 29 we started to like each other you know in a that liking kind of way and I was like, "You're you're an infant. I'm a, I've never dated anybody <laughs> yeah. more than a year younger than me before, right? Yeah. Never had. And all of a sudden, there's this nine year younger than me person, and it was like, no, and no. twenty years old too. It's not like you were fifty and she was exactly. however old that is, exactly forty one, yeah, right. So it it was a long time coming of like, uh, we kind of secretly sort of dated, and then sort of all of a sudden, well, this better work out or else I am kind of a creepo. And here we are. <laughs> that that was thirteen years ago." <laughs> So I think I won. Yeah. And now she's like in her mid thirties. Well, that was your first uh, social experiment is figuring out if that you was could it. date a twenty year old. That's it. Our, yeah. whole, our whole life is basically just we're just documenting it for science. <laughs> <laughs> well, Freud's not around anymore, but I'm sure he would love to talk to her about the whole daddy issue thing. Nah, I'm, yeah, kidding, that... <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. You want to talk daddy issues? Oh shit! Let's talk about. We can do another podcast on <laughs> Jess's side of the family. Oh, I bet we could. Yeah. And All this of our is family. what I mean: is people are so fascinating, and you learn, and and you know how many people are going to listen and be like, "Hey, I grew up without a dad too, and I didn't think it was the end of the world." And they'll yeah. be like, 
Fuck yeah, Jay. This if is If your great. family tree is looking more like a shrub, <laughs> <laughs> left and right, and this one comes and goes, and then that one shows up, and there's a kid over here, and yeah. whose that dog one, is that? Who is that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's kind of like cousin? Us. Where'd they come from? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, I totally, I wholeheartedly get it. That's awesome. So I do want to talk a little bit, though, about what it was like being 29 dating a 20-year-old, because I'm 24. You're 29 <laughs> years old, Jay, and you are dating a 20-year-old, or you become interested in a 20-year-old. Did, was it like, like, was she kind of stereotypical 20-year-old or was she not? Like, no, like to see, me, again, I'm 24, mm-hmm. and the idea of dating a 20-year-old to me is nauseating. It's, yeah, I'm not judging. It's I'm gross. Just saying. It's weird, right? Yeah, It'd be not like, even about the like, oh, they're barely out of their teens. More so just, I know 20-year-olds. I have a brother who's 21, and his yeah. maturity level makes me want to shove my face into hot oil. Like, I, I Completely. Just, to date like, that? Jess's brother is 10 years younger than her. He just turned like 21. Wow. And I look at him and his friends and I think, I, no, get, yeah. get, you guys, I, I don't, I would never date someone that age as a third 29 year old. But yeah. looking back, yeah, she was a really like mature, obviously mm-hmm. like 20 year old. It wasn't like, Hey, she just is this young. Like I told some friends Pretty of mine thing. when I told my <laughs> friends, Oh my God, I'm almost I'm dating an almost teenager. And I'm not bragging about this. I'm like, I'm saying this in a humbling way. Like, don't judge me kind of way. Yeah. And um, no, she was, a, she was very like grown up. Mm-hmm. And uh, the one thing that I remember she was like, she, she knew that I was one that she wanted to be more interested in when she was looking on my computer. Oh gosh. Which is risky. <laughs> what was this? <laughs> I want to know how big this computer yeah, no, was. And this is, that's the thing. This is one of the first this computers, right? This is a right? desktop computer, right? <laughs> so she came over to my apartment for like the first time we were hanging out. And she hey, was you looking, had an apartment. That's I had wild an apartment. to a 20-year-old. Yeah. I know. So she, well, she did too. She lived away from home. Oh, this was a, this is did, a different time. This, this was a time. different time when, yeah. when rent was like 600 bucks a month, when yeah. people could afford an apartment. That's unfathomable. So she was looking through my computer and uh, picking some like a playlist to put some music on. And she came across right at the very top of my, my playlist. I had um, the latest Fiona Apple album that came out. Ooh. Which might have been Extraordinary Machine at that time. <laughs> it probably was Extraordinary Machine. Right. Anyway, she looked at it and she said, you like Fiona Apple? <laughs> and I said, no, I love Fiona Apple. <laughs> and right then we started talking about music and movies. And um, mm-hmm. so, yeah, my, my musical taste was something that was an advantage to me and her ability to not be a weird 20 year old i guess mm-hmm. <laughs> what, uh, what, what 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 was it for me we just got along and uh and she's still my best friend to Ooh. today and uh we don't ever fight about hardly hardly anything so see that's great it's all good that's great and that's a great story too because i i feel like and i'm not knocking people who meet on dating apps or anything but there's so many studies and ideas that dating nowadays has been ruined i actually saw a article on psychology today because I peruse psychology today. Of course you do. It's about how dating in the 90s compared to dating now, like we've essentially ruined it. Now, I've never dated in the 90s, so I can't compare. I was in the womb up until 97. Mm-hmm. So. But um, I mean, what was it like then? I, I mean, just like you said, you had your huge, massive dinosaur computer. Yeah. And she looked yeah, at yeah. that. But how did you meet people if there weren't like apps and such? That's such a such a young person question to ask, right? I, know, I mean, right? I, uh, this is the generational divide, and that's it. See, I feel like I missed out on the like the Tinder era mm-hmm. because, like, I, you look at people today. I know, it's, and I know it's hard. I know yeah. the in, online dating is super hard, but mm-hmm. when you're a twenty something year old and you're like just looking to go and have a good time, go yeah. and hook up with somebody, yeah. it's like Tinder is like an encyclopedia of single. Uh, revved up people ready to go, yeah. and it's like we didn't have that. Yeah, um, and you're allowed to be so 
picky and judgmental. Like it, it allows that as much as you th- might think that you're like, oh, well, I'll, I'll, you know, I'm open to date anybody. But mm. you see a picture of someone and decide <laughs> I don't if like you're his eyebrows. Like yeah. And unfortunately, <laughs> I have done that. Like my friends have handed me their Tinder profiles. I haven't been on Tinder in a long time. I was very, very briefly and I got super uncomfortable. Again, I'm not holier than that. It just wasn't my thing. But I was looking at her thing and I'm trying to pick a guy for my friend and again as I say pick a guy like this is not the bachelorette this is Mm -hmm. not like it it shouldn't be like this so I'm like oh I don't like his style I don't like the way he's sitting in this photo why is he taking pictures with all these girls no 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 like and I'm I'm doing way more no's than I'd ever do yes and it's like if I'm in a bar I'm not going to get that like I'll get a totally different impression and it's interesting to hear relationships especially like because years started in the 90s right no, no, no. Early 2000s? No, it would have been, yeah, early 2000s. Early okay. 2000s. So and, you... Yeah. Mid 2000s. No, actually, it would have, yeah, me and Jess started dating like 2008, 2009. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. not even that long ago. Yeah, it's well, 12, I guess it's 12 years ago, yeah. 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 I mean, our I just mean I was wedding around. A, our 10-year <laughs> wedding anniversary is this year. Nice. Actually, let's talk about your wedding. Uh-huh. Because you guys somewhat eloped, right? Well, yes and no. Um, my wedding has a couple of minor controversies. Number one controversy is the date. Um, we got married on... 11, 11, 11, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, November 11th of 2011. Sure. We were dating in that time, and it was one of those, hey, um, we could get married on that f- funky date or whatever. That'd be kind yeah. of fun. Just like that idea, but I was also like, it's also Remembrance Day. Yeah. Like, can we get married on Remembrance Day? Is that tacky? <laughs> Is that whatever? Turns out we went to Vegas to get married, so we sort of eloped, and there was about 17,000 other brides there. Like, when you saw, we did our wedding in the middle of the afternoon and uh, did the whole hanging out in Vegas in the wedding dress mm-hmm. and the whole thing. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was one of those, every third person was getting married there. It was in, insane. Because same with when, like this upcoming year on uh, February 2nd, it's going to be 2-2-22, yeah, right? Yeah, You go to Vegas, if uh-huh. everything's open, everybody who's engaged <laughs> is going to try to get married on 2-2-22 because it's, a, it's just a cool, <laughs> you'll never forget your anniversary, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, so yeah, we were not alone in the getting married on 11, 11, 11 thing. But yeah, we did it in Vegas because we'd already moved to Windsor. Mm-hmm. My family's in uh, Winnipeg. Her mm-hmm. family's in Saskatchewan and other parts of Ontario. So we're like, where's a, what are we going to do? We can't just, hey, meet in Thunder Bay, you know, yeah. meet halfway. Or, or we're going to go to Saskatchewan. And then it's like, well, your family's like, well, why wouldn't you come here if you're already making the yeah. trek? So we made this smart decision, smartest thing we ever did and said, we're going to go to Vegas. <laughs> Here's who was on our invite list. If you can make it, great. If you can't, that's okay too. There you and, go. Uh, yeah, we had like thirty people and and a, and a good time. But that's not bad. I highly recommend the Vegas wedding if you are not sure what your location should be. If all you have right. family all over the place, pick a central spot like Vegas or you know, Windsor. Yeah. I should promote local. <laughs> I mean, Vegas. No, Vegas. A lot of people do it, and it's partially because of like the culture and the experience. It's just different, and and people do it. And I would not doubt that one day I could get married in Vegas. Yeah, like it's just it's something that seems <laughs> like it would be very fun and a great story, and you would it would guarantee that the people who come are getting their money's worth and they're having fun too. So did you stay in Vegas and like honeymoon in Vegas? Like how long we were you there? We stayed in Vegas for like three days. Mm-hmm. We did the, we were there for two days beforehand, I think. We did our bachelor, bachelorette parties, which actually I was cleaning out part of my basement yesterday <laughs> and I found this box and I was like, oh, I don't know what's in this box. And it was Jess's like, I don't know, secret box. I don't know. Oh? Not, nothing crazy, but like mm. old high school pictures sure. and old whatever. But I opened it up not realizing and the very top picture was Jess Staring at the groin 
of a very large <laughs> stripper <Yes. laughs> surrounded by two other very large strippers. So my first thing I open this box, it's her like shocked face surrounded by these very big burly men, which I can only imagine was taken on November 10th of 2011. There you go. Um, and thankfully she did show up the next day. I was also surrounded by strippers that night, so I, I, I can't judge. Oh, yeah. But it was, uh, yeah, we did the Vegas wedding. Our family stayed there for a few days. We got on a plane and flew to Cabo and stayed in Cabo for like a week. Nice. And uh, yeah, it was it was a fun time. That sounds it was, so it, was, fun. it was a lot of time. Back before we had kids and we could do stuff like that. That's awesome. Oh. My sister got married in November of 2019. So pre-pandemic, we went to Cuba. And, and we always knew we were going to do this destination wedding. She was planning it. And obviously when you're, again, just like what you did, when you're away with a group of people, you have to do your uh, rehearsal all together on this island together. And you do your bachelor, bachelorette stuff. We didn't necessarily plan a bachelorette party. We were all just kind of partying together in the pool one day, and my sister got so wasted. I've never <laughs> seen her this drunk in my life that the morning of her wedding, like like she was drunk at like noon, we'll say, like just wasted, doing the aerobics in the pool, like, oh, yeah. like instructing people. And my sister is not like a super forward person like that, but it was hilarious. She was so wasted, her and her husband. She spent the whole rest of the day puking to the point that we were going to get our hair done the next morning, and these poor... Cuban hairdressers were like, "What? This girl is like gonna puke during our appointment," and they went and got her like an Alka Seltzer. Alka Seltzer is that what yeah, it yeah. is? And brought it back to her, and it was like the only thing that stopped her from puking. And she was able to get married that day, I will say. But we oh. were like, "We're gonna have to move everything back," or like they're not gonna get married in Cuba because she was so ill. She was puking just in the resort, walking around. It was disgusting. But I mean, I was maid of honor, so my job was to make sure that somebody came to clean it up and nobody Ugh. saw her actually puking. But oh, good. she did get it together. And uh, yeah, thank God uh, Cuban coffee saved her too. Oof, that too. That's, that's risky, the destination wedding. Because yeah, the, the Vegas wedding, that's the thing. Are we going to be hung? Because you, you, we party till like four in the morning yeah. and then we got to go get married the next day. Yeah. My sister, same thing, got married in Jamaica and it was... 50 degrees during the day we're mm-hmm. like this is the most miserable thing yeah. destination weddings that's a whole nother subject we can get into one day but oh, yeah. um they're a lot of fun um one more question i have for you is it about my skateboarding career it's not about your skateboarding oh. career because it's not even about your football career bro. oh you know what actually we talked about this on the show today so let's just get i'm just gonna ask it do you think, and I'm not saying just because you talk about your high school football career, <laughs> but are you of the mindset that I think a lot of, I don't want to say just men, but some people have that you peaked in high school, meaning that the best years of your life were in high school? Not at all. Zero <laughs> percent. No, okay. no, no. It's it, it's sad if that is the case. Mm-hmm. Um, I like to fondly reflect because like I was, I went to a nice high school. Mm-hmm. I was a jock. I was smart. I was popular. I'm not bragging. I'm just mm-hmm. saying I didn't have a bad high school life. Yeah. And I, I empathize so much with people who I see kids today, it, like the littlest things, you're a little bit overweight or you're, yeah. you your parents aren't rich, so you can't get the right clothes and kids make fun of you. And yeah. like, I'm so sad thinking about my kids going to school and, and like thinking about how mean kids can be. Cause I saw it happening and I, I, my regret is I hope in my, I was never a bully. I was, I was always the nicest kid. Good. I like to think, but I, I believe that I look back and I, I hope that I, I wish I could go back to high school to do more to help people like not get picked on. Yeah. That, that's my thing that I never picked on anybody, but I also like to think, God, were there guys on my football team who were kind of jerks yeah. that I could have stepped Harassing up? Harassing people. Yeah, or, right. Yeah. So I, I look back at high school with fond memories, but like not wishing I was back. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like my, my football uh, time was a lot of fun. Getting your first job, getting your first girlfriend. Sure. Um, all that what stuff was, was great. What was your first girlfriend's name? My first real, well, that's the thing. There's different levels of girlfriend. I agree, yeah. <laughs> um, I had a girl who was my girlfriend in grade six. Oh. Her name was Larissa. Larissa. She's now actually married to a guy I know. 
And uh, she was my girlfriend, even though we never kissed or hugged or dated or held hands. Oh, so we, you, was, this is your first girlfriend right. in air quotes. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. the first girlfriend that you were like, you thought you were in love with. Oh, okay. Yeah. My first girlfriend was, uh, there was a, a, a young lady named Adele. Adele. What a great name. I know. We were uh, surrounded by Adele's now. But we sure are. Yeah, a lady named Adele I dated in uh, in high school. Would have been my first real one, I guess. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Great. Good times. Great. Um, my, my mom didn't like her all that much. Oh, that's think. a telltale sign. That is a telltale sign. Was she like kind of protective of you though, being that she was kind of doing it all on her own? Uh, probably, yeah. yeah. But then I met some nice nice girls. Adele was nice. She was just a little more of an, um, what, what would you say? I'm going to say this nicely. Uh, like a type A personality, a little bit of a, I don't want to use the word bossy because that's not a great word to use for Practicing women. Practicing her executive skills. Let's go with that. That's yeah, a little in that vein. And I was just happy to have a girlfriend. So yeah. I was probably a little puppy dogging around her. <laughs> Got so you. anyway, um, that was my high school love uh, situation in a nutshell. Did your mom like Jess when she when you introduced her to Jess? Being yeah. that, you know, you were 29 and you were bringing home a 20-year-old was your mom. Yeah, I can't even think of the, the first time I introduced her. I think it was one of those... I might have even just told her I have a girlfriend when I was like, I think the way they met was... <laughs> hey, I'm marrying this girl. Do you yeah, want to come? Exactly. <laughs> oh I think it was God. literally, Mom, I'm starting to date this girl. Can you and Christy start helping me find some rings? Oh, I think wow. it was, my sister worked at Ben Moss at the time, which is a... Is this still a jewelry store? Might still be. Is, right? Might be. Um, she worked at Ben Moss, and uh, I was like, hello, discount. So, <laughs> so, hey, I know you've never met this girl, but would you help me yeah, get right? rings? Are so you... <laughs> I, that might have been it. The first time they met, we might have been engaged already. Or I, I could be telling that wrong. But um, yeah, my mom loves her. They're, they're you know, she, Jess just fits right into our family. It's yeah. just a perfect little perfect little uh, family unit we got going. I'm very lucky. Mm-hmm. Uh, very uh, happy. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish I was more interesting. You are so. That's my interesting, thing with my Jay. job. I'm like, I, I love my job. I wish I was better at it. That's my one. Jay. I wish I was better at it all Come the time. On. So anybody who's still listening, I feel your pain. I apologize. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what's with all this self-deprecation going on. Hey, you brought it out here, man. You've been doing this for ten You're years. You're the one who on gave me the old Barbara Walters treatment. I know. Here. I was actually really hoping to make Jay cry. Tell uh, me about your dead father. Yeah. No. Was he dead? I don't know. Oh my god. I don't know. <laughs> Dang it. That is so good. Oh, this is all I could have ever dreamed of. Well, this is wonderful. I'm so glad that you uh, wanted to do this, and I'm so glad. You're my first guest, Jay. Well, look, hey, so we, talk, we talk every day, but at the same time, I feel like we don't talk every day because we got, there's always so much. There's the news, and there's this, yeah. and there's that. We don't ever get to just sit back and say, hey, like, how, yeah. how are you? How's, yeah. you're good. No, definitely, you're going to be back, I'm sure, and uh, yeah, there's, there's going to be lots more good stuff coming, but this is, I think, a great introduction to what I was hoping for. All I want is just to talk to people and have conversations that are good ones, that people would be interested in listening to, and I think that this is uh, hitting the nail on the head. So. Well, it can only go up from here. So. A, isn't that what I said? That's, I think, I'm the wise one did. here. <laughs> awesome, okay. Tori. You're awesome. Well, thank, thank you. thank you so much. I appreciate it, and if you're listening and you stuck around this long, thank you. I really do appreciate it. Um, please stay tuned for the next episode of It's Not That Weird. <laughs>
Went to my head, went to my 